Let's thank the Lord for the blood of Jesus. Let's thank the Lord. Let's say, Father, we thank you. Because your blood gives me access. Thank you for the access that I have. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the covenant, there's victory. Thank the Lord for victory. The Bible says we are more than conquerors. Thank the Lord that you are more than a conqueror. In the covenant, there's grace. Divine enablement. Thank the Lord for grace. Thank the Lord for grace. Thank the Lord for grace. In the covenant, there's an opportunity for newness. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Thank the Lord for new mercies. New mercies. Thank the Lord for mercies. In the covenant, there's forgiveness of sins. Thank the Lord for the forgiveness of your sins. Thank God that that sin, the sins that you committed, they no longer have an impact on your life because the blood of Jesus has washed you clean. They have caused your life that without to have been skewed to now be straight. Thank the Lord for forgiveness of sins. Thank the Lord for clarity. In the covenant, there's clarity. There's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank the Lord for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Who gives your life divine direction? Who gives your life purpose? Thank the Lord for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Who teaches you all things and comforts you? Who brings order into your life? Open your mouth and say, Father, I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit in my life. It is a product of the covenant of Christ. Say, Jesus, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Who guides me? Who gives me divine direction? Who leads me along the path of righteousness, even for the Lord's sake? Say, Father, I thank you for the revelation of truth. In the covenant, there's truth. There's truth. The Bible says you will know the truth. The truth will set you free. Thank you because you have access to the Father, to talk to him, to ask him for things. Thank him. In the covenant, there's protection, there's preservation. Ah, in the covenant, there's prosperity. Still, Lord, I thank you. The Bible says, whatsoever that man does, it will what? It will prosper. I thank you for prosperity. He says, he has prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies. He has anointed your head with oil and your cup runs over. Say, Jesus, I thank you for prosperity. I thank you for an abundance. There's abundant life in the covenant. He says, I am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I have it in an overflowing measure. And have it in a measure that causes other people to partake of it. In the covenant, there's abundant life. Say, Jesus, I thank you for abundant life. It is that life, that abundant life that flows into your business, that flows into every area of your life, that flows into your daily commute. It is the abundant life that affects that light that flows into all that you do. It is that abundant life that flows into your driving. It is that abundant life that flows into your interaction. That abundant life manifests as divine favor. The Bible says favor surrounds you like a shield. Thank the Lord for abundant life. We thank you for the life that is in Christ. That is constantly at work within us. We thank you for light. The Bible says in him was life. And that life was the light of men. The life of Christ is manifest in our lives as light. It, it illuminates the darkness. It gives us purpose. Say, Father, I thank you. Thank the Lord that you have a purpose. Thank the Lord that you have a purpose. Father, we thank you. 
We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. We thank you because we are established even in your covenant. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for divine direction that we are delivered from the powers of sin. We thank you because we live above sin and we walk above the devil. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. There's productivity. There's fruitfulness. Both in your body and in all that you do, there's fruitfulness. There's fruitfulness. There's fruitfulness. Father, we thank you. There's grace that carries you daily. Lord, we keep thanking you. We thank you forever. The covenant guarantees a place with us in Christ in eternity. Let's thank the Lord that you have a place in eternity. A guaranteed place in eternity. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you. That I have a guaranteed place in eternity. Blessed be your name, Father. Let's thank the Lord for the opportunity to be here again for today's meeting. Just open your mouth for that opportunity. That I am glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Some people are not glad. They run away. They create excuses not to be here. Where if For you to want to be here is a grace. It is a grace. It is a grace of God. It is a grace of God. It is God that is working in you to be glad to be here. So open your mouth and say, Jesus, I thank you. That I am glad to be here. I thank you. Father, we thank you. Without compulsion, without compulsion, you have come by yourself. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you have ears that hear. Thank you, Lord, that you have eyes that see. Because today, indeed, you will hear the counsel of God for your life. You will see the Lord himself. Say, Lord, I thank you that I have ears that hear. I have eyes that see. Say, Lord, I desire to see you. Cause my eyes to see you. Give me a fresh revelation of your person. Give me a new revelation of who you are. Say, Lord, I desire to see you today. Let me see you that I may know where to go. Let me see you, Lord, that I may know what to, what to do. There's no how you have an encounter with the Lord and your life will remain the same. The place that the Lord is taking you to, it is more than you can think. It is more than you can imagine. It's far above all that we think or imagine. We enter those places by the revelation of Christ. Say, Lord Jesus, I desire to see you today. Lord, reveal yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me. Say, Lord, open my eyes to see. Remove the scales from my eyes. Every limitation of sight, every limitation of seeing, every spiritual short-sightedness, long-sightedness, every limitation of sight, Lord, please take it away. Take it away. That I may see you as you are. Lord, take it away that I may see you. Take it away that I may see you. Let me see what you are doing in this generation, in this season. That I may align, that I may walk with you. Open my ears, Lord. Let me hear what you are saying for this season, in this generation, Lord. Open my eyes. Open my ears to hear. Open my ears to hear. Let my heart understand. Lord, I ask for that today. In the name of Jesus, let's say, Lord, bless this audience. Bless this arena. Bless your word. Bless this meeting in the name of Jesus. We send the words of the Lord from here. We send it to the four corners of the earth. We say, let it be a blessing to people. Let men hear. Let them be transformed. Let lives be lifted up. Let people be delivered from death. Let the person wanted to commit suicide come back to the Lord. Let men be set free. Let bondages be broken. Let the dead be raised. Let the, he, let the sick be healed. 
In the name of Jesus, Lord. Let this word go far and let it bear fruit everywhere it goes. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you because you are here already. You are here already. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. You are here already. Blessed be your name, Jesus. All right. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Uh, Once again, you are welcome to the first um, Saturday Bible teaching of 2024. And maybe you should welcome somebody um, around you. Make sure you greet about 10 people and bless them for the new year. And like they say, to our viewers around the world. (laughs) Yeah, welcome to the global service. For those who are on radio, we greet you. Those who are joining us on Kingdom World Radio, you are welcome. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, the Lord is good. Okay, let's open our Bibles. Let's declare the glory of the Lord. Then we will take our opening declaration. This morning we'll take from the book of Colossians chapter 1, which I think for Christianity, that's the most now, that's me. You may think differently. It's the most important, most powerful scripture. Because that is what makes it Christianity. That's what distinguishes it from every other religion. That is why we can say boldly, Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is truth. That's what it is. It's truth. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and what? The life. Those are the three things that actually define Christianity. It is the way. And if you go and check the Bible... In the book of Acts, that's what they call it. The people that belong to what? The way. That's it. Christianity is the truth. It's not about, it's like saying that, um, just by the way, when we talk about faith, faith doesn't mean you believe something that there's no evidence for. No. Faith means that you believe that which has tangible and eternal evidence. People make it look like science, you have evidence. Faith, you don't. It's not true. It is absolutely false. God has never wanted you to believe without evidence. It's what is your evidence as the issue. After all, if I tell you there was a man called Galileo, have you ever seen him? No, no this is a simple question. Have you ever seen him? No. But you believe there's Galileo. All people believe there's Galileo, Galilei. Why? Somebody told you. In the same manner, some people witnessed physically the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They also tell you. Some people not tell you, you believe that. How can you believe that? kind of? But they expect to believe Galileo. Have you ever seen a black hole? Do you know, for years, they could not visualize, until now, by nature of what a black hole is, is not seeable. I don't know what I get my point. I don't want to use the word visible. It's not seeable. <laughs> That's why it's called what? A black hole. It doesn't emit light. It sucks in any light that comes into its horizon. So what you see, what you call a black hole, is an empty space. Do you know, for decades after they believed in it, they never saw it. But the calculation said it must be there. And they call that science. The DNA of an amoeba. You know amoeba? Pseudopodia. Remember? It contains more information than the whole of Encyclopedia Britannica times 12. I was watching one video a few days ago. And there's one man. Why did he convert to becoming a believer in God? He said, how can you pack that amount of information into one cell, one nucleus? That was the zone. That this is not a game of chance. 
So faith is not that you just believe what doesn't have any for nothing. No. If you believe for nothing, you are crazy. We call it autochthonous delusions in psychiatry. Just walking on the road, just say, hmm, I'm the savior of the world. That is, that is why you don't have, you just have that feeling as soon as you go to that junction. It's a mark of mental illness. But when you believe, Jesus said, blessed are those who believe without sin. What was he expecting them to believe? To believe the report of those who saw. That I'm not going to go around walking and talking to everybody. I'm going to come talk to a few people. Then the prophet will come and say, thus says the Lord, believe him, you will prosper. You know, one day I was studying my scriptures, Hebrews chapter 11, and I found out that when he said, by faith, we grew up thinking by faith means I've made up my mind what I want to receive. So by faith, I go to Egypt. By faith, I'm go- by faith I go to America. By faith, I go to uh, Okinawa. By faith, I go to Portaco. No. That's by desire. They, no. There's by desire in the scriptures. People intermingle with wisdom because of their desire. What is by faith? By faith means there's a divine instruction given. And I walk according to divine instruction. Not because I'm sure of what is in front, but because I'm sure of who gave the instruction. Someone said that by faith, Moses left Egypt. Not because he was afraid of the you know, wrath of Pharaoh. It means that he heard the word that said, leave Egypt. Move to the wilderness. What am I saying? Faith is tangible. Faith means that I believe that which is really true. I hope you're getting my point. The one that's really true. This science, you say you believe, believe, believe. I studied it too. And you know what I keep finding out? Every year they, ch- they change their mind. The latest changes about the order of the universe is occurring now because James Webb's telescope was launched maybe like two years ago. How, when was it launched? Those of you who know things like that. And we're like, oh God, how does that affect the price of tomato? <laughs> now, the pictures is showing things are being rewritten. Beliefs, that is things that they thought about the universe, about the order of the universe. The, whole, the confusion in everybody's camp now, if you're an astronomer. Before they said the universe was like this, everything was uniform. <laughs> James Webb has shown that it's not true. They say a circle of galaxies, 10 light years across. Looking like it's night rosette, nice rosette from the earth. Say, Why is it arranged like this? Something is going on we don't understand. I said, when I read it, I laughed. I said, oh, oh, oh. And I was supposed to say, you were God. And I mean, I believed in God. I was crazy. Until a few years ago, they said the depth of the ocean was too deep. There couldn't be life there. Then when it developed enough and took submersibles to that depth, they saw animals crawling around. Say, guys, what are you guys looking for? This is our home. This, ah. Meanwhile, science had been written that the pressure, the pressure at the bottom of the ocean is too high to sustain life. They got there. They saw animals crawling around. So they go back up again and go and write new theories. And I should be following you. Science keeps changing their mind. Faith is that God has given us his eternal word. He has given it to prophets. He has given it to those who saw the Lord. He has given those words. So read those words and hold on to them. That is what faith is. Faith is not that I just wake up in the morning like one man said. He decided to believe that the world was, was created by spaghetti. That's madness. No, God is going to send some people to hell. And listen, he has to. You can't be that stupid. You, have, you belong somewhere where you won't see normal people. 
That's what hellfire is. I hope you get my point. Don't worry about flame. They put in solitary, eternal confinement where you can't see yourself. You won't even know whether you're alive or dead. After a while, you'll just be, you'll just be one, mindless, one bodiless mind and mindless... People would, God would do that to some stupid people. Who wake up in the morning and say that, I've made up my mind the world was created by spaghetti. Start, try to start a religion. God said, you want to mock me, you will see. Please, oh, don't dare God. Oh. What did I say? What did I say? Don't say God. All right, the Lord is good. So it's about Christ Jesus. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Let's start from verse 12, and we'll read all the way to verse 20. Colossians chapter 1. Are you ready? Now read it like you are blessed. Amen. Now, one to let's go. Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, what are things on earth or things in heaven? Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. That is the Lord Jesus who have just declared his glory this morning. He said, kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish out of the way. This morning we humble our hearts. We kiss the son. We know the Lord God, the father, is happy with us. We know that the son has received us also. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We recognize your presence in our midst. Jesus said, I will send you another comforter, another helper. I want to be with you. Holy Spirit, we know you are with us. God, you are with us. Holy Spirit, you are with us. We recognize you as God in our midst. Thank you. This morning, our hearts are open to receive insight, to receive understanding, to receive wisdom, to be taught of you. Thank you. We receive it by faith, and we declare as follows, that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, and pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. What is entering my heart? It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. The Lord is good. Let's take your seats. Let's get into the teaching. Once again, Happy New Year. 
This is for my household, but you can claim it. Okay, you know what? Huh? Wait now. How about your blood is hot? <laughs> it was when my wife and I were praying at the beginning of the year, and as I was praying, the words came out of my mouth, and I know it's for my household. But uh, just by the way, when I'm praying, anytime I pray for my household, I pray for. I have two households. There's the one. There are one actually, but there are two. I don't know how you're going to interpret that, but you know what I mean. The blessing of the same blessing in both cases. All right? There's a natural household I have. They live under my roof. My wife is number one there, and then the children, everybody who lives under my roof. So I pray for them. So my wife and my children, I pray for them. And then, but those who I call my children, Jesus Christ says something. He said, Your mother is calling you. Your brothers are looking for you. What did he say? Who are my brothers? Who is my mother? He said, those who hear the word of God and obey those words. He said, the same is my mother. The same is my brother. The same is my sister. And I'm telling you, those who hear the teachings that God has placed in my mouth and they pay attention and allow the word work out obedience in their lives, they're part of my household. Sometimes I pray for my children. I pray for them too. And in fact, those who are my natural children are only blessed in the fact that they get more instruction from me than everybody else. That's all. My number one disciple does this was my wife. The only person that I taught everything I knew. In fact, after I got married, only a few months after, we were just talking. So I was just talking about those who have blessed me the most, who I've learned the most from. So I mentioned people like um, Kenneth Higgin, of course. Then I mentioned um, John Graham Lake. I mentioned David Oyedepo. You know, I was just talking about people like that who have blessed me tremendously. So now I asked, her, so who have blessed you? You know, I expect to hear things like TDGs because, you know, young women in life, you know, the woman that was loose, you know, stuff like that. So she thought for a moment and said, I think it has been you. I almost fainted. I was surprised. What did you say? She said, I've learned most from you. Yeah. Anyway, what am I going to say? That's my number one disciple. Okay? One day my wife annoyed me plenty. It happens once in a while. Some people say their wife has never annoyed them. You know, you have the kind of patience that I don't have. God will take me there one day in Jesus' name. I'm walking. I married a human being, all right? So they, <laughs> they tend to. That day, children was talking. I said, he said, so this not happened. And my husband now said, he was wrong anyway. So what happened was, I said, look at the witchcraft. He was wrong anyway. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> so anyway, so that's normal. It's not, it's not strange, okay? It's not a strange thing. So one of those days, my wife annoyed me. I just told her, don't come near where I'm teaching. Good enough, we drive different cars. So I entered my car. I went to come to Kinder to teach. After I left, we parked our children in the car, they were small, drove down, parked our car, and waited outside. When I said, praise the Lord, she entered and sat at the back. <laughs> so there's nothing you can do now. You're on the pulpit. If, if I come in when you're there, you'll be like, uh, uh-huh. this one, you are already preaching. I just saw her just enter, you just shook me inside. I said, eh, Why? Her own attitude that I'm not coming to see my wicked husband. I came to listen to Pastor Banky. They are two different people. 
What am I trying to say? That is what you gain for being my wife. It's not, it's not, it's not a best right to be blessed because you are married to the preacher. It's only if you are hearing what he's saying. There are people who go to a church, the commission of our ministry, the commission of our mission, and they actually expect to be blessed because of it. People come and say they want to pour water on the hands of Elijah. One brother came to me one day, said whether I can pour water on my hand. It was from him I first heard that. Thing. I knew it was in the Bible, but <laughs> the application of it, I never saw it before. <laughs> to pour water on my hands. Why? <laughs> so that anointing can, you know, can transfer. People think that it was because he was pouring water on Elijah's hand. That was why anointing moved upon him. The same brother. I hope he's around hearing this because it's good. I, I told him to his face anyway. One day he walked into my office to greet me. I said, where have you been? Oh, long time. When did you come by? I thought you traveled abroad or something. I found out we have been in the same vicinity for the last seven years. I have not seen him one time. That's how you pour water on people's hands. Somebody was cooking for Jesus Christ to eat. Jesus told him, told her, the one that's sitting down here and hearing the word of God has chosen the most important thing. Working for me is not a problem, but if you're not listening to me, you're wasting your time. That's what Jesus was saying. And she felt so righteous. Why didn't you come tell my, my sister to, to come and walk with me? Jesus said, no. She's listening to the word. I said, you know the advantage Elisha had? He heard everything that Elijah had to see. It's not the water pouring. It's a proximity. Everything Elijah had to see, he heard it. Every time Elijah went to the mountain, he came, he came back. Welcome, sir. What did the Lord say? I assume he pestered Elijah and Elijah told him. That was what prepared his heart to be able to receive a double portion of Elijah's anointing. So you are not blessed because you are a member of a commission, of a ministry. It's because every word that God sent, you have heard it. And not only heard it, you've heard the word so much, it has become a part of you. And how do you know you are obeying it? It's not mechanical obedience. It's obedience born out of deep conviction, which came because you've heard the word so much, you can't help it. It just comes out of you. That's when you are blessed. Not because you go and put a sticker on your car. I'm a redeemer. I'm a winner. I'm a kingdom white. I mean, what do they call themselves in kingdom white ministries? I don't know. And you go and put a sticker on your water. It doesn't mean anything. Is that proximity that allows you to hear things. Like one day, <laughs> Unduka was driving. We were going to a back leaky. Then he says something. I said, what did you just say? He wasn't talking to me. He was talking on the phone. When he hung the phone, I said, who are you talking to? He said, a customer. You're talking like that. Because of him, we organized the first business by the Spirit. I rebuked him sharply. What is wrong with you? That's your customer you're talking to. I don't care whether he's five years old. If I'm your customer, you talk to me like that, I will never come back to your business. You're supposed to serve this person. You can't talk to the person like this. He did not know. But because he was the one driving to a back leaky, 
He got that correction. That's pouring water on the hands of Elijah. After that, I said, no, business by the Spirit. Even though Kado doesn't know it, with everything he knows, then the other people, what don't they know too? I said, let's correct everybody. There's a way you do business. Sometimes God wants to bless us, and that's what I want to teach this morning. All right? And we, don't do, we just don't allow him. He wants to bless us. We just don't allow him. There are many reasons. We don't like the method he's chosen. We don't like the time he has chosen to do it. There are times he says, listen, this is your blessing. Everybody's running up and down getting their blessing in two years. Yours, it will take me, don't be scared, it will take me 18 years to bring it to pass in your life. 18 years is what I will require. So you either want to wait with me, wait for me, or go the way of the world. And you get it three, four years, everybody's gotten it, you get it also. But you want to hear the truth, it will not endure. One of the things people don't know, all right, is how to build a blessing that will endure. Few people, look, I was talking to my wife the other day, we were just talking, I said, hey, sweetheart. I said, when I see what people are doing to their children, they are not planning for them to be blessed in an enduring, in fact, they are not planning for their own blessing to endure. They're just looking for money you will get in the next two years. That's what they're just, they're just, they're just wants to get money in the next three, four years. I don't want to start talking about that. I realize most people misuse money when it comes to their children. They misuse it a lot. They misuse it. Especially when God has given them plenty. Many people that God has not given plenty. He doesn't want them to misuse it. Yeah. I just let me, I have to hold myself not to go into that teaching now. When I see what people do, I say, hey, hey. I say, do you want to be lonely as an old man? And an old woman? I don't, do you realize what you are doing? You're taking pride that my, 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 my son got a business, a, a, a job offer in Australia. Are you crazy? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going you know, to Australia, but don't take pride in it as if, ah, you know, he has run away from this place. One day you're going to wake up, you're going to be 60, and you look around. There's nobody that loves and ready to die for you around you. Everybody, you have to pay for them to fetch water for you. You pay them. You need to be, to be showing us photograph of your, of your son on the mountain. See, this is my son. That's the only thing. You pay somebody to drive, you pay somebody to wash your car, pay somebody to cook your food, pay somebody, and then one day you collapse, you pray a nurse to stay with you in the hospital. And you are proud of it. That's my problem. Sometimes things happen we have no control over. But why do you prepare for it? Why do you plan for it and think it's a glorious thing? You know, there's a concept behind your children being around your table. Okay. Don't say I didn't want. So I'm talking about people who are blessed. You know, I'm talking about my children. You know, that's where I began all of that from. And there's a reason why I'm, I'm going to say all of that to get to a particular point. My children, listen to this. We possess this land. They will possess the land. They will possess the land. That's not a joke. It's not a wish. I'm giving you the, a thing that God has granted. My children will possess the land. 
they will possess the land. They will have enduring prosperity. Fact. It's going to happen. That's why I first told you the children and the household. So that's why my wife and I were praying. As we were praying that day, that's when I just said, now you were saying, what did she say now? <laughs> With patience and possess your souls. <laughs> he said, it's a year of what? Peace and fruitfulness. For my children, this is a year of peace and fruitfulness. See, no matter the calamity you hear about, just wake up and declare, for me, it's a season of peace and fruitfulness. Yeah. Peace and fruitfulness. You'll be at peace at home. You'll be at peace outside. When everybody running helter skelter, please, next time you help me running, pause first and ask what's chasing them. So you won't run. Say it's my year of peace. Why all of you run? You know what I found out in this my life? There's never been any time I stood like that and I was wrong. Everybody's running. They start running. I said, What's the problem? Tell me what is going on now. They just run. I mean, I, I, I wait until somebody's calm enough to tell me why they are running. You know what I found out? Every time they are running, most of them didn't have to run. <laughs> One day, this really happened. CIC. I mean, there was no CIC. As I coming from, I mean, the other, the coal camp area, uh-huh, yes. So one of my guys, okay, he was driving the other direction. He was driving, he entered, he was going to the old UNTH. So suddenly, he saw cars turning, turning. People were start, turning their cars and moving. And we were running. I was a calm old man. So instead of turning like the rest of them, he paused and said, what is going on? Nobody had anything to tell him. They were just running. Cars were turning and disappearing. So he refused to turn. So he waited, what is going, what's going on? You know what he found out? Some CIC students came late to school. And when their teachers showed up, they decided to run. <laughs> A handful of CIC students decided to run. The next person decided to run with them. Then a few more people decided to run with those ones. And the car started turning. Once one car turned, the next car turned, next in pandemonium. Because four or five children were running away from their teacher because they came late to school. That was what happened in Lagos um, many years ago. I can't remember, it's over 20 something years now. That should be about 2001. Um, yes. There was one problem in the Keja cantonment. A bomb went off. Detonated the next bomb. Detonated the next bomb. All over Ekorodi Road, you know, windows were shattering. Of course, people were almost going, those who lived around, they almost went deaf. I know the funny thing, only one person died in the barracks there. Oh, only one person died, if I remember well. They don't have up to five people that died. Because it was in their armory, so it was destroying itself. All the bombs were in one place, so they were just digging a crater into the ground. Yet, at um, what's the name of that area? Ejigbo. I think over a hundred people died. In Ikeja, nobody died. It's Ikeja cantonment. Inside the barrack where the bomb was going off, one person died. 
if people may have gone there, possible. For the, I mean, down all the way to Fadi, those of you know Lagos, glass was breaking. I mean, these are real bombs. Warfare matter. But because people around there didn't know what was going on and couldn't run, and they were mostly in their homes, well, I think it was at night, I can't remember the time of the day, I wasn't in time, I remember, we traveled. But those were fire where somebody decided that some people had invaded Nigeria. And they, he ran. His neighbor ran. Then they ran, they began to run. So many people ran. They ran into the swamps and drowned. And they were picking dead bodies out of the swamp. Because they heard a rumor. Listen, this life is full of rumors. So I'm giving you, listening to this, the instruction of the Spirit. When you hear rumors, don't run. Tell yourself, it's my year of peace. I said, when you hear the rumor, you say, it's my year of peace and fruitfulness. And there are all kinds of rumors. Dollar is now 1,000 something. It's rumor. Rumor doesn't mean it's a lie. Rumor just means you hear something that's happening far away. I say, okay, dollar is now, I say, it's my year of peace and productivity. This year, you have to resist lack of productivity. They give you a big job where you do nothing. Resign. They're paying you well. Resign. Why? Say, I'm not producing anything. Give them a month, two, three. So what am I doing? They just sit down there. Ah, is that not how the Bible's destiny? Because they're giving me money now. I can't exercise the gift of God in me. Some of them will say, maybe they know you're supposed to be a preacher. They transfer you to one place. They give you a lot of money so that you won't want to leave the place. And those you're supposed to be preaching to, tell them, say, okay, I'm going home. I want to go and preach. We'll stop paying you. Say, stop paying me now. Let me go home and go and preach. Please don't walk away from where you are productive. Just because somebody wants to pay you higher, you jump to another place where you're not doing anything. See, it's not, you don't have all the time in this life. Let me tell you something. Eh? There are things that go wrong with babies, you know, babies inside the womb. Hmm? And the rest of their life, they will never attain their full potential. Their, their full potential, unless God does something strange for them. So you take a miracle. That's why God designed babies to milk their mother. They can't go, things must not go wrong. So they suck all the vitamins available. Because the first few weeks of development is critical. The next three months, after the first three months, very critical. Anything goes wrong, it stays with them the rest of their life. If a woman is pregnant during famine, intense famine, the baby may be born healthy, but they will never be as tall as they are supposed to be in their life. Unless God does a miracle. What am I trying to say? There are seasons in your life where you can't afford to be spiritually retarded. That's what I'm saying all of this. Satan knows what he's doing. Try to, you know, sometimes when I see who run away from hardship, I laugh. So you don't understand. This is your training. You just, you just failed. You will never make it again. See, there's a reason why some people get 30-fold. Some get 60-fold and some get 100. There's a reason why. There is a reason why. Some, so, you know, if you heard me saying, if you heard me say this for years, 
Please pray before you make any important decision in life. Pray. No matter how good it looks, go and pray. Because open doors and traps all start with open doors. Are you getting my point? The door into destiny and the trap that will end your destiny, both of them have an open door in front. It's true. You have to. There's a reason why I said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials. There's a reason. The trying of your faith. Trying of your faith means things go rough. Things are not doing, they are not performing the way you expect them to perform. See, there is something that is working. It's developing something in you. It's developing something in you. You know, Jacob's life was not easy. You know that. It wasn't. You know, he couldn't leave the house of Laban until God told him it's time to leave. Are you aware of that? He didn't just get up one day and say, Laban, I don't die. It was when God said, all right, now we are done here. Time to move. Even though for 20 years, Laban showed him pepper. The first seven years, okay, let's not call it pepperous years. The first seven years were, were hopeful years. We're looking at that girl every day. So the Bible said, well, just like a few days. So it wasn't difficult. The next seven years was when the Wahala started. Because by that time, they were giving him the girl. You know, he walked seven years and they gave him two girls. First one at the end of seven years, second one at the end of seven days. So the Nazi, okay, that one, I credit. They gave, they gave him Rachel on credit. And now to work seven years to pay her dowry. That was when he knew that this man is a wicked man. After seven years, he said, all I've been doing for seven years is working to pay dowry for 14 years. He said, now when will I earn money? They said, yeah, start working again. At the end of six years, God said, it's enough. Come and start going home. He couldn't live earlier than when God said, come and start going home. If he did, if he did, he will have cut short his destiny. I hope you're getting my point. It's very important we allow God to lead. Difficulty is not supposed to lead. You hear what I said? It's the spirit that leads, not difficulty. I remember one man, he came to see one brother that I was with one day. He's a senior man. He just came to ask for counsel. He said, look, the town where they were in that time, somewhere in Edo State. The man quoted one scripture. He said that when the brook dried, Elijah moved forward. Did you hear that? The brook dried, and what happened? Elijah moved forward. The man said, no, it's not true. Even me, I knew it wasn't true. <laughs> said the brook dried, and the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Elijah didn't just say, the brook is dry. Let's go. The word sent him there. He had to stay there till another word came. The man said, eh. he said ah, you have to, the word of the Lord has to come. You can't just say, the brook is dry. Okay, if you move forward, to where? Do you know how far Zarephath was from, from there? If you move from this brook, you know what you do? You move to another stream. And go to a well. You will not get to Zarephath where you are supposed to go. Except the word of the Lord comes to you saying. How does God lead? Somebody is asking me. I have a simple answer. Go and read 
guided by the spirit. Download the book. It's free. Pastor.ng. Go there. Go to the book section. You'll see it guided by the spirit. Read the book. I have, I mean, I've written a lot inside there on how God leads his people. And all of this just to emphasize to you, for you, this is a year of what? Peace and fruitfulness. A year in which you will be productive. In which you will advance in all that God has placed in your hands to do. Remember, success is not a game of chance. It's not a result of wise planning. On Tuesday, I began to teach you about not forgetting God so that you know what to pray. Please leave these people that keep on telling you that no problem with Nigeria. They don't know the problem with Nigeria. Every problem with Nigeria, you find it in many places that are physically prosperous. I'm not saying there's no problem. I'm just saying that people don't know how to identify it. The real problem of life is spiritual. I hope you're getting my point. The real problems of life, all right, they are spiritual. Somebody's in the one that I hear that annoys me the most. The problem we have in this country is leaders. That is a lie. What did I say? That is a lie. Please stop believing lies. One day, one of my classmates says, Is it the problem of leaders? All our leaders. I asked him, I said, Do you know how old you are? Yeah, I asked him that. I said, You don't seem to realize your age. No, those were my words. I told him, I said, You don't seem to realize your age. A man who has been a medical doctor for 33 years is telling me this is the problem of leaders. At that time, 32 years. If you are too young, you are 55. And you are telling me. I said, I hope you know the current generation of governors, many of them are younger than you. I told him like that. Go to the House of Assembly, governors and all of that. How many of them are older than 55? How many of them are younger? I said, look at you. You are still telling me the problem of leaders. That's what I told him. This one I didn't tell him, but I thought it. You should be ashamed of yourself. I didn't tell him. I thought that one. But with the one I told him, I said, I don't think you realize how old you are. I told him that. At this age, you are telling me the problem is the problem of leaders. <laughs> so you, what are you? Now, what I was saying is this. So don't think the problem of Nigeria is just a problem of... It's leaders, it's leaders that said that people should be fighting in different corners of the country. I want to tell you the truth, it's not. Sometimes war comes upon people. Yeah, war comes to people. I, I, I hope you know. There's war in Nigeria. There is. You just don't know. People don't know it. There is. Real war. I don't mean spiritual problem. I mean physical battles. Many of the things they call banditry. Forget that thing. It's not banditry. It's invading armies. It's war. Respect soldiers when you see them. They have lost their lives to make sure that you can gather in peace. There's war in every side. It's not one particular leader's fault. War just comes upon people. Watch one, um, one news report yesterday night. And the woman was analyzing different wars that... that as far as she's concerned, this news a reporter, a presenter more like, that there's war, they were in the Third World War. Yeah, showed war everywhere. Of course, you know what, what happened right now. Israel and Gaza. We are preaching, but we can just more, okay? Israel was sitting down judging. I'm not saying they didn't do anything bad, though. Please understand, I'm not judging and siding anybody. 
I'm just telling you what happened. This way you saw it on CNN. That's how I saw it on BBC. And the other person saw it on Al Jazeera. <laughs> anyway, so some Israelite, uh, is it, are they called Israelites or Israelis? Israelis. What's the difference between Israelite and Israeli? Israelite is in the Bible. <laughs> Israelis in the Middle East. <laughs> so some Israeli boys and girls went to dance. They were just dancing. Then Hamas sent in militants and killed 1,200 unarmed people and kidnapped 200 and something. People say, ah, this fight in Gaza is not right. I say, I don't, I won't put them out. One thing I just know for sure is that when you were killing 1,200 Israelis on Israeli soil, you know what to expect. In fact, somebody said, some people went and did that because Saudi Arabia and Israel were about to sign a peace deal. So they said it mustn't happen. So they went in to provoke war. That's what I'm talking about. War can come upon you when you didn't plan it. And of course, some Houthi guys now say, hey, from Yemen, say because there's fight in Gaza, anybody supporting Israel is in trouble. Then any ship passing through the what do you call that thing? Suez Canal. They started attacking the ships, including the ones that has Liberian flag, carrying Indian crew. You know, all kinds of things. So yesterday or two days ago, America said it is enough. And they bombed them to pieces. Which again, you know they knew it would happen. They're just hoping that everywhere we catch fire. And you want to hear the truth? Except some people pray. Not me, because I don't have enough faith to join in that prayer. You can come and provoke the faith in me. It's possible. Okay? The whole region, it won't catch fire. It's already on fire. Because they are now vowing, they are vowing um, vengeance. And even amongst them, there's war. A few years ago, Donald Trump assassinated um, uh, Soleimani. They went to pay pilgrimage to his grave a few weeks ago. Islamic State came and bombed the place and killed over 100 people. And Iran said it's not Islamic State, it is Israel. I don't know, me, I'm just telling my Nugu, I'm surrounded. <laughs> I'm staying in Enugu, I'm surrounded in Enugu with peace, with prayer. Okay, let's just, okay, those of you in Ebony, we'll join Ebony, Imo, Anambra, Benue, Kogi. Let's surround the whole of this region with peace. We'll donate some peace to Delta. Okay, no, we should surround Delta with peace. So, hey, even Edo, hey, it's our road, though, with your pass off. <laughs> that is good. I'm just gisting, just gisting. So you see this world, eh, you can sit on your own. In fact, <coughs> the other day I went by public transport to nature. That was last week. So I was in the front of the Sierra sitting now. And I was looking at this driver like, are you okay? Just, you know, everything I've seen them do against me, I was not there. I, I hardly entered the public transport. Hardly, I hardly. So this one, I was inside, certainly. The guy would go like, I said, oh boy, relax now. He will look at me. Because I'm talking, he will calm down. They will begin to abuse everybody else. Ah! I said, boy, who are you abusing? Did you see what you did just now? So after that, I said, I think it's good I came here today. I now know how they are thinking. This guy was driving the roughest I could see and insulting all that drivers 
on the road. So I now began to instruct him, calm down. You can't be driving like this. Where are you running to? Then we saw two of their vehicles that had a terrible accident the night before. I said, look at it. And I was trying to talk to him. He said, oh, God, no matter how you behave well, they will see carry their trouble and come and meet you. He said, even if you enter your mother's stomach and you stay inside, how they will reach there, you're not going to know. <laughs> I said, what? He said, yes, now. That's what he told me. So this is what I'm saying. He says, so whether you do this or you don't do that, trouble will still come. <laughs> you want to know? That's prophetic. <laughs> I had to tell him. I had, I, I, no, when he finished talking, no, you know this guy made spiritual sense. I had to look for a scripture to counteract the evil he was ta- teaching me. I said, as much as it depends on you. Ah, that was the one that gave my soul calm. But the guy out argued me. Whether you do, whether you do, you don't do, trouble will still come. So I now told him, as much as it depends on you. Oh, by the way, all this while, eh, me and him were singing to Nathan Abbasi. Oh, I forgot to tell you, he was playing praise worship from the beginning. It was Nathan Abbasi throughout. As soon as we entered the car, brought out his device, said the thing, connected by Bluetooth. I started driving and nodding to Nathaniel. So me and him were nodding to the same song. Basically, we're going to the same church. <laughs> so when he prophesied, I had to give him the scripture. I said, hey, as much as it depends on you. Uh-huh. That's what the Bible says. Follow peace with all men. I said, follow good driving with all men. Now, it's what he said that I'm t- talking about. He said, whichever one. He said, even if you enter your mother's womb, trouble will come there and jam you. Like your friend. Pastor Jackson said that in Porter Court, if you like carry your car on your head, Keke is jamming you. <laughs> what am I trying to say? So, people of God, sometimes you have to realize it. It's not um, about leaders. It's God commanding a blessing. And if you offend God, if you can stir up no trouble for you. He does that. He will stir up trouble. You will sit down, trouble will just come. So that's why we have to be spiritual in everything we do. Our approach to life must be spiritual. The spiritual actually controls the physical. It does that. The spiritual controls the physical. Please, on Tuesday, we'll continue to you know, look at that matter. And I want to encourage everybody to please uh, be around or tune in so we can pray effectively for this nation. I, I just feel like reviewing something I said on Tuesday briefly. Anytime you see calamity, it only means one thing. That the one that you survive, that's not so terrible. Like in Nigeria, we have a lot of it, we are surviving it. It just means the worst one is in front. That's all it means. Calamity normally will come, it's just one or two things. Calamity comes to one about greater calamity. And the second type of calamity is the one that comes to destroy people entirely. And many people don't know, many peoples on this earth did not survive their calamity to even write the story of it. It's in the scriptures like that. God said the very memory of them, the very memory of them has perished. There's not nothing's written about them. Nobody survived to tell you what happened. And the person that even that God used to execute the judgment does not even know why he did it. Yeah. He just gets up in the morning. It's an Assyrian. 
He said, come, let's conquer this land. They go there. This will show them some resistance, and they wipe everybody out. Kill them. <laughs> like they say, one of those moves, they burn their books. That, that's one of the way they used to conquer people those days. But then they finish, they destroy the houses, burn their books. Anything you find made of metal, melt it. Why? You don't want them to be remembered. So if you see calamity that you survived, you know what it means? It's another one in front. It's another one in front. So why did I survive this one? Because God does not want the other one in front to come. So he wants you to ask yourself, why did the calamity come in the first place? He wants you to make corrections concerning your life, concerning your actions, your thought processes, what your life is about. Because except you do that, which is the reason why if you are around on Tuesday, I took time out to explain why we should leave the devil out of our equation. Why? Because when, the, when Christians focus so much on the devil, when they are supposed to be repenting and changing their ways and making correction in their personal lives, they are praying to rebuke the devil. Every power, fighting my destiny, die by fire. If you are praying like that, and what you mean is that an outward, an outside power fighting your destiny, you want to know the truth? You have a serious problem. You are, see, you will go into one trouble after another. One preacher, let me not mention his name, but even though this is on YouTube, so it's nothing, you know, I'm not saying anything that's secret. He said it himself. His wife left him, packed the children, and disappeared after they been married for about 10 years. And he said for over 12 years he had not seen his children. And that's, he said his daughter should be maybe in, in her mid-twenties now. But he would not even recognize her if he missed her on the road, his daughter. But he now says something, which is where I'm going. He said, I can tell you, I was married to this woman for 10 years. There is no day she did not pray for like two, three hours. He said, there's no day. He said, I'm testifying to you that there was never a time she slept from 12 midnight to 5 a.m. without interruption. He said, it never happened. That she's up every night praying for two to three hours. Yet at the end of 10 years, you know what happened? Her marriage scattered. He said he wanted to just tell the whole world what happened. He said, but what kind of prayer? And I agree with him totally. It's all the prayer is die. Destiny. Destiny holders. Die by fire. Some assault. She prayed it for, of course, she started praying it before they married. Continued praying it after they married. And what happened? Her destiny is still scattered. So that's why I talk to that. When, when, you, when they focus on the devil, they're not helping you. They will say, oh yeah, every, every power. Every, all those every power, every power, every power. Hear ye the word of the Lord. They are nonsense prayers. They, they are, listen to me. They are rubbish prayers. If you, are, you know, some people are very stubborn. One day, one sister, I said, with this church, where did they go? Why do you, he said, they make me pray. I said, they don't make you pray. You go to the church. Oh, yeah, I pray. Whenever my placenta has been buried, I command to be uprooted now. 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 At the end of 10 years, you save, you will get a problem. Okay, now. That's not, you know, you know, I keep saying it. Any pastor, preacher, prophet that's telling you that, look, now we are going to fight your enemies. Tell him, pastor, I am my own enemy. 
I am my own and I am my own. I am my own enemy, I know. Because if the ways of the man please the Lord, he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. So if they are not at peace with me, I'm the one, my way is not pleasing God. Which is the reason why I don't like the church focusing on the devil. The devil has said, the one that made me annoying that does it and said that during COVID-19, they said it's the devil. I said, which devil? Devil that's wearing face mask. Which devil? You should know when the devil said, now I'm buy me sanitizer and give my own face mask. I said, which kind of devil? Leave that thing. I like the way Pastor Delvin said it that time. He said, God has commanded Sabbath on the earth. Yeah. That God commanded Sabbath. That everybody rest. Airlines collapsed and never woke up again. The wisest investor that the world knows, Warren Buffett, after that he sold all his airline shares, took a huge hit on them. What? He said they are not going to recover. Because, of course, you know, part of what happened, the world now learned how to do business without traveling. Yes, we learned that, no, we can gather on Zoom, Google Meet, even WhatsApp call, we can do it any other way. They imagine they're not going to recover. But Pastor Devon said it was God that commanded a Sabbath for the whole earth. I don't like the church focusing on the devil. All the things you see in this world today, in Nigeria, let's take Nigeria as an example. Go and read your Bible. Okay, the whole world, actually, like I said, that I was listening to... Um, a news report analyzing the wars on the earth. And the woman said there are so many wars in Africa except that they are not making the news. Yeah, she pointed out. Of course, you all know, the war in Ukraine disappeared to the back when Gaza war began. And Ukrainian war will remain there if Gaza war keeps on expanding. As at now, it has expanded. Unless they are able to calm it down. U.S., U.K., and their allies, Australia and co have now bombing Yemen. The Houthis has they promised retaliation. And you know what it means? If you retaliate against the U.S., they will re-retaliate against you. And that's how the trouble started. And that's how they will continue. I hope you get my point. When you see things like that, in, it's in the scriptures. God said there are a number of ways I destroy people. I punish them. He said, wars. I give them sword to fight each other. That is one. Another one, famine. Another one, natural disasters. Another one, wild beasts. Then, pestilence. Those are the five major ways. So when you see this trouble anywhere, stop thinking of the devil. That's what I've been emphasizing. Think of the judgment. Okay, you don't want to talk about the will of God. Leave it. Just think of what? The judgment and the anger of God. Like we read this morning in the co-workers' prayer, in the Jeremiah chapter 10. We read it here a lot. It says, at his wrath, the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Listen to me. The indignation of God, that's how it comes. It's just five ways. I'll give the least, the, the, the least important one to the last one. It's always war, famine, pestilence, natural disasters, and the wild beasts. So anytime you see war, headsmen attack, farmer headmen, headsmen clashes, banditry and all of that, think God first. 
before you think of the head of state. When you can't understand why the Naira is just losing its value against the dollar, think God first before you think of economic policies. When you can't understand why there's so much trouble here and there, where there's no peace to him that goes out or the him that returns, the highways are dangerous. Think God first. Why is that important? Because it will help you know how to pray. You'll be on your knees interceding than on your feet rebuking. So I hear Christians pray. I say, they're not teaching them how to pray. I rebuke, I rebuke. I say, rebuke who? Rebuke the judgment of God? You can't do that. When people don't have understanding, they start twisting scripture up and down. That if you're saying it's from God, why did Jesus rebuke it? I said, because John the Baptist had come preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And Satan was still trying to use their old sins against them. And Jesus came as a manifestation of the mercy of God. So he said, peace be still. If you don't understand, that's what happened. Do you think, without going for baptism, Jesus would have healed any descendant of Gehazi? You want to know the truth? He would not have. You assume it's everybody healed? No, it's not everybody. If the descendant of Gehazi came to him, he would have told them simply, have you been to see John? If the answer is yes, they will be healed. If they, ask, they, if they join the Pharisees to be doing their nurse like this, when John was preaching, they are left frosty with heightened for seeing Jesus Christ alone. Just by seeing him, when your eyes see him like this, your judgment will go up. Because there is a time of repentance. And many times people miss it. And that's why I'm preaching about it on Tuesdays again. That we should understand that we're in a season in which we should enforce repentance. And we ended it by saying, what is the church supposed to do? What is the key to the deliverance of the people? Because you must understand, it's when your light shines that you deliver other people. There's a principle behind it. Jesus said that, I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith will not fail. That when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. There's a way God does it. He blesses one person and the person spreads the blessing. On the earth, he blesses the church. And then he blesses the nation. So he says, come house of Israel. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. You know that's how we ended it on, on, on Tuesday. Come house of Israel. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Because what people have experienced is that God abandoned his people. For reasons we discussed on Tuesday. I'm not talking about that now. But my emphasis in everything is that for you, it's a season of what? It's a year of what? Peace. peace. And fruitfulness. It's a year of peace. In the midst of everything, it's a year of peace and fruitfulness. The Lord is good. I've spoken at length, trying to just welcome everybody to this season that we are in. Now, let me go on into what I want to um, share with us briefly today. Don't worry, I don't intend to be talking. This year, I don't think I'll talk too long. I'll, I'll, I'll just talk heavy to be dense. But I will never quench the spirit. Like lie. So, let's talk about a few things. I want to just give us a charge to begin a new um, year. And um, let's just take a text of scriptures from the book of Isaiah chapter 40. Or it says in from verse 1, Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare has ended. 
Thy iniquity has been removed, that she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. There's something I said earlier. Don't let any prophet be helping you to hunt for who's doing you. And I want to get into that again. Now, this is what God said to Isaiah. Speak to the people of God. Speak to the saints in Nigeria. Speak to the saints in Enugu who are listening to you from the platform of Kingdom World Ministries. Say to them that their warfare has ended. That their iniquity has been removed. And that they have received of the Lord's hand double for all their sins. Now, that double was very difficult to explain in the Hebrew. But basically, the summary of it is that there are two ways you can look at it. They're not very sure which one is the correct one, but both of them are good. One is that a payment has been made. Somebody has given, let's put it like this, you're owing money. Somebody has come there, taken the paper that showed that you were owing, folded it over, saying that this debt has been cancelled. Do you understand? (laughs) Or someone will say it means that God has fully executed his judgment against their sins. And in our case, we know it's on the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever it is, we are free. Amen? Amen. Now, even though this is true, this is now the instruction. A voice is calling. Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up. Now, see, verses 1 and 2 is what the will of God is. is the plan of God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem that her warfare has ended. That's what God has said. A father of many nations that have made you Abraham, even though he didn't have one yet as a child. He says, say that her iniquity has been removed. The reason why you went into bondage has been cancelled. God has paid all the debts incurred because of your sin. Now having said that, a voice now comes and is calling He says, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. What God has promised, he wants to come and execute. For him to be able to execute it, clear the way for him in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. And let the rough ground become a plain, and the rugged terrain a broad valley. Now if you do this, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all flesh we see together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What he said in verses 1 and 2. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now in verse 6 he says. A voice says. Following up 1 and 2. Verse 1 and 2. Call out. And he answered. What shall I call out? Tell them. All flesh is grass. And all its loveliness. Is like the flower of the field. That is all human attempts. All human methods for getting verses 1 and 2 fulfilled, we fail. He said, the grass withers, the effort you make, you know, I need to get a PhD so I can get promotion. He said, to fade. He said, the grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of God blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of the Lord stands forever. That is, How am I going to get the execution of what he said in verses 1 and 2? It is by applying the word of the Lord into every aspect of my life. Did you get that? I want to give everybody an assignment this year. I'm sorry to say it. As a matter of fact, a lot of Christians are very lazy. 
I'm not talking about laziness on going to work and all of that. A lot of people are lazy like that, but that's not my emphasis in laziness for this morning. Please, try and get me, and I'm saying something, so you get a good balance. A lot of people who pray, hmm? their prayer, not everybody, a lot of people who pray, their prayer is nothing but a manifestation of their spiritual laziness. I hope you know sitting down to hear the word and not falling asleep is effort. Is effort. And let me tell you the truth, you must make that effort. You see, we said it before, when Jesus said, if your eye makes you to stumble, to sin, what do you do? You pluck it out. Now, is that, was it literal? You know what, remember what we said? We said yes and no. More yes than no. More yes as in if it really happens, yes. If there's no other way to keep yourself from iniquity than plucking the eye out, then the eye must go. However, if you realize that the eye will go, you will realize how much you can. I mean, you'll be you'll be amazed at how much energy is there to part away from iniquity. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, when you understand the consequences of some things, you will know how much effort you can put in. Look, many excuses we have for not doing some things right. When it's time to go to the U.S. Embassy, we do them right. We forget that we are Nigerians. In this country, the embassy is in this country. But we'll get there on time if we have to get there on time. I hope you're getting my point. We'll be disciplined. We will read. People that can't read and pass exam in Nigeria, when they, say they need to read and pass because they want to work in UK or in America, you'll be amazed at what, how, what guys can do. They will pay money. What am I trying to say? Actually, you put the necessary effort into what you consider very important. And when you do that, you'll be amazed. Sometimes what God does is that he knows you can't do it. He just wants to put in the effort as a sign of your willingness to accept that thing he's giving to you. Let me give you an example. Go to the promised land. You get there, you see giants. You can run away from giants. Or you can decide that God is more wicked than giants, in quotes. I don't know what I get my point. That you can decide that it is better to die in the hands of the giants than to return and go and say to God, I disobeyed you. So you will go and charge at the giant, thinking that maybe I don't die. Then when you get there, what? next thing you know, you are beating a giant, and he's the one running. Ah, what happened? God said, look, what you saw was a giant. What the giant saw was my angel. But the angel would not have moved if he didn't run towards the giant. Please, I hope you're getting my point. Where I'm going with all of this is this, all right? I mean it when I say a lot of Christians are very lazy. Partly because they don't understand what is important. I said, do you know it is easier? If I say, stand out here and pray for an hour, it is easier for the average human being, especially who has been raised in Nigeria, but our religious environment, okay? It's easier than to sit down for an hour and listen to the word taught. If you realize you need to sit down, and that's where the deliverance is. Eh? You will drink coffee if you have to. You will stand. If I, look, there was a night. I told the story here before. But let me emphasize one part of it. I came from church, having collected um, a tip by Bishop David Udipo titled Rima, the living word of God. This was years ago. Now, it's not even what he said in the tip that's the issue. It's what I heard. I hope you know there's a difference between what they say and what you hear. Oh, there's a word of difference. <laughs> 
There are messages I go and listen to. I say, what did he say that day? I can't remember. But I know I changed my life. But you tie what he said. You try and relate to what I did. It's hard. Other people here don't get the same result. It doesn't activate anything in them like it did in me. What I heard was, you know, that's what they call it, Rima. It's a word of God for that moment. So that night I just came from church. I went to have a bath. I went and laid down. It was late. It was around 11.30, heading towards 12 midnight. And I have a habit. I don't like lying down waiting to fall asleep. I like to be busy till I fall asleep. I don't know. The idea of waiting to fall asleep, I don't like it. I think you should like it. So I always do something. Maybe I read a book. And the one I do a lot is, you know, listen to a message. So I just put in the tape to help me fall off to sleep. You understand? And the man started preaching. He spoke for five minutes. I wasn't asleep yet. Then suddenly the Holy Spirit was speaking to me from, this, from the speakers of the player. And I realized I could not sleep. That's where I'm going. You know what I did? I sat up. I sat up so I wouldn't sleep. I was supposed to hear for like five, ten minutes and go off to sleep. This one, the message was about 45 minutes or so 50 minutes. can't remember the exact time, but a little under an hour anyway. Having had a very, you know, long day. I've just had a bath, you know. When you just had a bath, your body just wants to veg out like they say. This time around, I stood up. I first sat up, stood until the man finished the message and I began to pray. And my life changed that night. By the next morning, all my plans, I took them and threw them away. And fitted into the plan of God for my life, which eventually brought me to Enugu about three years after that. What am I going to say? When I knew I needed to stay awake, I knew what to do. A lot of people find it easier. My wife used to have a friend those days. One day I told her, I said, Yo, I told my wife, I said, Your friend is lazy. She could pray. Hey, she could pray. Every time, pray, pray, pray. They find who could prophesy. One day they gathered, they said they were prophesying. He was asking my wife, Come. So my wife was telling my wife now arrived. I went to go to where they were praying. I said, Baby, you'll go tomorrow now. So next day she said, Can I go now? I said, So come, sit down, let's talk. <laughs> I said, You know me. Yeah, of course, <laughs> that I've been married for a number of years, I think maybe like five years. Yeah, five, six years. I said, if anything is good for you spiritually, what do you think I would do? Would I not be the first to encourage you? She said, yes. I said, now I'm asking you, don't go for this meeting. Like, what? I said, yes. I'm asking you, don't go. Now, let me tell you my reason. I saw people gathered around ignorance. I saw people gathered waiting for demons to deceive them. Because they were prophesying. I saw that this will bring problems into my home. They are going to give my wife visions which I will not obey. If you know this guy, maybe you don't understand. If you know this guy, you cannot use vision to run my life. You can't. You can't. Any vision you see has better align with the scriptures, which I knew before, not the one you just invented by vision. You have to, because you see, Listen, as soon as you see your vision and narrate it, it should can do something in me. If it doesn't, I throw it away. And I have no problem. I've been doing it for a long time. I'm a vision caster. Once you're finished looking at your vision, look. <laughs> One day, one man told my wife, so I see death around your husband. Do you know I didn't pray about it? That was like eight years ago. I didn't go to kneel down and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, don't let me die. Look, the man who told you is going to die. Even this year that I've been born, everybody go die one day. The dead that will kill me is from the father. It's not from the hell. I don't know whether you get my point. I, don't, I wasn't, oh God in heaven. Not, you know I'm not lying, Father God. 
I didn't go down and say, ah, cowboy, hey, sober. You saw it around me. What you did not tell me is what it was doing around me. There's death around me killing all my enemies. I didn't pray one word, even though my wife, she herself, she didn't want to tell me, to be honest. She didn't want to tell me. When she told me, I just had to forget it. That was eight years ago. I know how to cast away visions. You can't, be, you can't use vision to run my life. And you know the description? <laughs> you even looking at me. It's in the Bible like that. I found, I think it's um, Jeremiah chapter 32. I think. Jeremiah 32. I think it's, I read it recently. Jeremiah 32. I'm sure it's Jeremiah. Let me, let me just open to it ahead of you. And I told my wife, I said, baby girl, you're not good anyway. Don't let anybody come and be... It's a scripture I want to read. Let me quickly see whether I can find it quickly. Why I say though is that a lot of people are praying like that. Tell them to settle down and hear the word of God. You know what? They can't. Sorry, it's 23. Jeremiah 23, not 32. 23. God said in verse 28, The prophet who has a dream may relate his dream. But let him who has my word speak my word in truth. What does straw have in common with grain? Declares the Lord. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that shatters a rock. You know, when I read it, it struck me. That what was God saying? The written word understood is superior to revelation. Did you hear what I said? The written word understood that the spirit of God shines upon that you have understanding of. is superior to anything somebody comes there, he saw in a dream or he saw in a vision. Is superior. That is why when they said that, okay, eh, my wife will come and tell me that they said this one happened, this one. That. I said, these people are prophet. See, let me tell you how to get confused in life. Have a group of people prophesying who don't have understanding. They are going to prophesy lies. <laughs> one of these funny prophets in Nigeria, he rose up a few days ago to defend the prophet that BBC. Exposed. And I looked, I shook my head. I said, You shouldn't have done that. Never defend what God is judging. You will bring the same judgment upon yourself. I want to tell this man, say, You don't know what you are doing. He said, The great man, the senior prophet, he was calling the other guy. I said, Look at people just buying judgment. They said, The man's wife now runs the, the satanic kingdom. I said, that woman is very stupid, very foolish. If I told my wife, I said, do you know that this woman was complicit in everything? That's what it means. She was complicit. What does that tell you? The sword will still come on her too. If she wants to preserve her life, tell everybody to come out, bring in bulldozers, level the place, donate the land to government, and walk away. Push the curse away from you and your children. Otherwise, that curse will not depart. What am I talking about it? When they started showing, I said, there's nothing here to show me. He said, they, they, they lied about the miracles. They did. I said, my wife can testify. I've said this for over 24 years, that this man is a false prophet. Those of you who have heard me the last few years, you've heard me from my mouth. There's nothing they're telling me that that's new. Okay? What you needed to do was listen to him talk, and he said, listen, forget prophesying. It is he that has my word. 
So when you see people gather and say they are prophesying, and the word is not center, just know they are prophesying what? Lies. They are, see, let me explain. They can't help it. Even if they started out genuine, they will end up false. That's what many people don't understand. Even if they started out genuine, they will end up false. Because God has never exalted dreams and prophecies and visions above the written word. If you're a prophet, listen to me, because I know people who are real genuine prophets. If you're a prophet, you have more problems than the other people. What do I mean? You have to discipline, because any sin you commit is no longer for yourself alone, but for those who hear you. So you have to discipline yourself to ensure that you are hearing the word of God, even when God is not speaking to you by dreams and visions and revelations. Just by having the word of God filling your heart, you close up a lot of nonsense that the devil may want to speak through you. Very important. Just by having the word of God fill your heart, you close up a lot of, that is, you close the door for a lot of rubbish that Satan would have wanted to introduce into your life. The other day I told my wife, I said, okay, sit down here. You're not going to join the company of prophets who are not gathered around the world. Who just pray, pray, pray. The spirit comes and they'll be talking to them. Of course, they prophet after some time. Didn't they, 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 after, they, after they gave a few false prophecies amongst themselves, they got tired and disbanded the prophetic group. One of the reasons why my wife had respect for me is that she saw things come to pass. See, it was what my husband said. I said, ah, <laughs> don't even think that this is like uh, this man. I didn't see visions. It's common sense. When you read, <laughs> when you reason from scriptures, some things are just what common sense. It's not, and which is why I'm where I'm going with this whole talk today. Okay. A lot of Christians are very lazy. They pray as a manifestation of laziness, which is not good. You can't pray effectively except the word of God fills your heart. You can't. That man who was speaking about his broken marriage and everything, he said, I testify that my wife never had a straight sleep between 12 and 5 a.m. for all the years we lived together in marriage. He said, I can tell you, of course, if she hasn't changed, that now she's still praying like that. He said, there's only one problem. The prayer was always those die seven spirits that said I will not prosper. I can't sue you. I can't sue you. Everyone spoken against me. I can't sue. Die, die, die. It was my assault. Begin to scatter. Nothing will happen every night. If you are praying like that, I have no apology, so I want to tell you, you are not normal. Ignorance is controlling your life. You can't wake up every night fighting enemies. You can't. Trouble or no trouble, you cannot wake up every night fighting enemies. If you must wake up every night, there are a number of things you are supposed to do. There are just about three of them, all right? That's regularly, when there is no sudden trouble. Because if there is sudden trouble, you have to you know, handle them. On a regular basis, three things you do. Number one, you magnify the name of the Lord. Lift up the name of the, of the Lord over your head. As part of that, which is number two now, Praise God. Worship him. Commit your life to him regularly. Worship and praise God. And third, declare the word of God, the word, the promises. Psalm 23, Psalm 121, Psalm, 21, Psalm 91. See, they are full all over the place. Go to the New Testament. It's there. Read everything Paul in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians from chapter 1 to chapter 4. Loaded. Then read the instructions of God for your life. Also in that Ephesians, it's there. Read them out loud and go and sleep. What about Satan? What fellowship has light with darkness? Then if there are issues, make specific intercessions for the issues at hand. Something is wrong with the home. Pray about it. In the nation. 
Pray about it. For the country, pray. For the leaders, pray. You have rumors of war. Alright? Declare the word of God. Ask the Lord for mercy. Like I was quoting on Tuesday, Amos said, I saw the Lord preparing a, a swarm of locusts. You know, I said it. When you see that the Lord preparing something like that, you know, then it happened in this country. We actually saw it. When COVID started, we saw the Lord, what? Preparing a swarm of locusts, so to speak. And the people went to churches and prayed. And the Lord relaxed the hand. And I remember I said to people then, you know, what happened was that, um, what's the name of his, Bill Gates, he prophesied that the death toll in Africa will be heavy. So he went and prayed, and the death toll. People died, but was my, was compared to what they thought it would be, was very small. They also prophesied that because of reduced productivity and all of that, that there will be, uh, what do you call it now? Unrest. There's going to be you know, unrest, social unrest and all of that. He also prophesied it. But instead of us to pray about that one with the word of God, you know what we did? We put our hands out and welcomed it. And that was when answers came upon us. Many people don't know. It's spirit moving. Like I said, there are horsemen. I wrote about it that time. Horsemen. Horsemen. We thought we were, you know, of course, a lot of people, because of their discontent. And you know, some things the church did there. Like I was saying on Tuesday, they did last election. Embarrassing. Sometimes, you know, you look at God. You look at your Savior. You want to tell him sorry. How have we treated you like this? Last election, we embarrassed him from the beginning to the end. I've never seen people grow deaf to the instruction from heaven like I saw last election. Christians were deaf. They were circulating nonsense. And I got rebuked for correcting people. I'm not letting them talk. I will say it again. Because I can't let that in pass. Because we mustn't do it again. Because the judgment will be, will be severe. Uh-uh. A young woman is praying. Prayer points on the wall. Praying for the economy. For this, for that. And the hand with a hole in it. The hand of Satan. Pretending to be the hand of Jesus Christ. Except that the church spread the message of Satan. And the hand tapped her from the back. I said it had to be from the back. And gave her a PVC. Distracted the child of God from prayer. And gave her a PVC. And we said, any Christian that's prayed without it doesn't have a PVC. Again, one brother told me that he may as well be praying wrongly. I said, if I told you I had my PVC and I was planning to vote for, um, let's just say PDP. Let's not mention the current government. Will you say my PVC is good? You're, as far as you were concerned, you wanted me to have a PVC because you think me and you are voting for the same person. I will lie. You mean like, what we need is PVC. No. What we needed was to mobilize for the candidate we believed in. I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem when you bring it to a church and think it's a prophetic matter. You have gone mad. When I rebuked people, I said, what is all of this? Why will you post this around as a Christian? This is an insult on prayer. You don't know that. You know, like I said to you then, I didn't have a problem with voting. NTA came to my office then and said, please, encourage people to go and collect their PVC. I did it. I recorded. I said, fellow Nigerian, I was on radio in that election. I said, everybody, please, go and collect your PVC. Why? It's a civic duty. But I also said to everybody, if you not bring into power, the fellow God has not chosen. It can never. 
Pastors said that if we don't vote, we'll get the ones that the devil wanted. But we all voted. What did we still get? <laughs> what we did not want. That's like that. What I, what God, I'm not deciding what God wanted or what God did not want. But one thing is sure. There has not been mobilization like effective mobilization like that ever for voting in this country. Especially amongst Southerners and Christians. There has never good Lord Jonathan didn't get that from us. But I told everybody, I said, see all this here, it will fail. I know I said it clearly. I, I put it open, I said there will be whipping and national teeth. I put it open, can't get angry. So you, God has said that no, no, to me every knee we bow, every tongue we swear allegiance. We go crazy once in a while. During NSAS was our first madness in modern times. You see pastors going to hold services for protesters. The one that now made me laugh. Some people now go there and say they are praying. And after protesters are finished, now go and do their own prayer. You know, let me tell you something. Eh? Any prayer that only pray in tongues that you have no interpretation, go home. You did not pray. Yeah, this, what I've said now may not have applied 2,000 years ago. It may not apply in 10 years' time. But as of today in Nigeria, in this earth today, anytime you will gather, all you do is speak in tongues and there's no interpretation. You want to hear what the Spirit is saying, you did not pray. I will say one more time. You know, <laughs> once you guys pray, all you do is speak in tongues there. And there is no interpretation. I believe in speaking in tongues, though. I do. But once you pray, like everybody, let's pray for Nigeria. There's no problem. You can do the one you are doing. I'm looking at you. When you finish, I'm watching everybody one hour at the end of the day. In Jesus' name, let's share the grace in fellowship. You have not prayed. You, I, I tell you by the Spirit of God, you have not prayed. Because the Holy Spirit will not come upon you. Listen to me. To use your spirit and your tongues to pray that which you are not in agreement with. I'm giving you what the spirit is saying. Ahead of time, most people go to pray like that. You know what they, they had in their, their minds? Eh? Don't answer. Buhari must die. Oshibaja must take over. So what are they doing? Wah, wah, wah. That's what they were saying. So they are, look, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, eh? the only thing they could just do was keep them busy saying nothing. You want to pray for the leaders? Why don't you open your mouth? The heart of the king is the hand of the Lord. And he turns it, it like the water brooks, whichever way he desires. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that this head of state will do what you are saying. Many Christians that are doing their hua hua, pure witchcraft. They wanted to kill Buhari with arrows. The man not greedy. Really the more they prayed, the healthier he became. They prayed, 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 prayed until all his strength came back. <laughs> and they were like, what is going on here? Ah! <laughs> I like one that our prophet from, uh, that prophet. Eh? You know, that, you know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. He says something. And those of you here, you know, I'm sure some of you look and say, Pastor Kai, how you take notice ahead of time? It's not revelation. It's scripture. I don't know my point. It's not revelation. When the man prophesied, I said it to everybody. I said, God did not speak to him this one. What gave me the boldness to say such things? I said, mm, this is not God. I said this one. He said, what gave me the right? The Bible said I should judge it. With the little understanding I have in this life, I think I have the right to judge those things. I judge every prophecy. When the man finished prophesying, I said, God didn't say this one to him. I won't tell you the reason why I said so now. I, heard, I said, this is, this is an angry man prophesying. Is there? You go and see people like Zedekiah. Is that their name? They have this funny. I, I don't know the names. All those ones who came against uh, um, Jeremiah. 
They kept on prophesying, just says the Lord. Within two years, I'm going to break the bonds of the Babylonians. It was not God. It was desire. It was not God. It was anger against the Babylonians. Who would like to be oppressed? So when anytime you see a prophet say, the Lord says, within two years, headsmen attack is going to end in this country. Just know he's angry. I pray against all these headsmen problems that go around. But then when you hear prophecy, ninth on such matters, most times they are wrong. Not because God can never give that prophetic word, but the desire of the people won't let us hear clearly. That was what happened to all those prophets who were going against um, Jeremiah. Jeremiah was standing there. No, I need to read that particular reference. It's important. Jeremiah is standing there. He's prophesying. Please just give me a second. Let me just quickly get to it. Yes, I'm right. It's Ananiah. Jeremiah chapter 28. <laughs> I'm trying to look for it. said, then the prophet, then Jeremiah, verse 5, Jeremiah 28. Then the Prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Ananiah in the presence of the priests and in the presence of all the people who are standing in the house of God. Now, the things he said were before that, all right? Now, let me go back to the beginning so as not to mix it up, all right? Now, in the year, in the beginning of the reign, in the same year, in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, in the fourth year, fifth month, Hananiah, the, the son of Azor, the prophet, who was from Gideon, spoke to me in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priests and all the people, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years, I am going to bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house, which Nebuchadnezzar took away from this place. He said, I am going to bring back to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and all the exiles of Judah. And all of that. Now, Jeremiah said in verse 6, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord confirm your words which you have prophesied. And all of that. Yet hear now this word which I am about to speak in your hearing. And in the hearing of all the people. The prophets who were before me and before you from ancient times prophesied against many lands and great kingdoms. Of war and of calamity and of pestilence. The prophet who prophesies of peace. When the word of the Lord came to pass, comes to pass, then that prophet will be known as the one who, whom the Lord has truly sent. Now this time, Jeremiah was wearing a yoke on his neck to signify the bondage. Then Ananiah took the yoke from the neck of Jeremiah and broke it. And he said, thus says the Lord, even so will I break within two years the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar from the neck of all the nations. And the prophet Jeremiah went his way. Now look at verse 12, frightening. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after Ananiah the prophet had broken the yoke from off his neck, saying, go and speak to Ananiah. Thus says the Lord, you have broken the yokes of wood. He said, but you have made instead of them yokes of iron. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron on the neck of these nations, that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, And they will serve him. And I've given him the beasts of the field. He said, now, concerning Ananiah, I'm jumping lights to save time. I'm sure you noticed that. Now listen, Ananiah. The Lord has not sent you. And you have made these people trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord. I'm about to remove you from the face of the earth. This year, you are going to die. Because you have counseled rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died in the same year 
in the seventh month. What was the problem with Ananiah? He prophesied the desires of the people and he called it the word of God. You know, people shouldn't think that the job of a prophet all the time is to say good things. That's why I said when the, on radio. He said, <laughs> this man said I should come on, to, on radio. You know, he wanted to do the bad job, but didn't want to do it himself. <laughs> so he invited me to come. He and my third reverend's wife. So they put me in the studio. I know the fear. <laughs> that was when Madam Hope said, what is prophecy? I said, it's not a prediction of good. <laughs> I said, those who are going to church on the, to go and hear God, say, 2024 shall be good. And they don't repent. I said, hear ye the word of Jeremiah now. <laughs> I didn't say it like that, but I said, listen, if you will not repent, this is what God is saying. 2024 will be worse for you than 2023. I said that on radio. They said I was spoiled offering for the day. Why not? I said, it would have been better for you if you went to the bar, got drunk, woke up with a hangover, January 1st. God will forgive you. I said, but if you go to church, every word of prophecy for good is bringing you judgment. Except it goes with repentance. So I said, people, please don't go to church this night. Go to the bar. You are safer like that. As for those of you who want to go to church, go and repent. Go and say the things I used to do. I'll do them no more. The things I used to do. I'll do them no more. The things I used to do. I'll do them no more. There's a great change in this new year. <laughs> and if you don't, if you're not willing to say that, go to church at your own peril. Sometimes prophets prophesy people's desires. Back to what I was saying. When that our brother prophesied, you know, I love him. God bless him. You know why? When I said those things, people were like, ah, pastor. A year later, the man came back and said, I want to apologize about the prophecy I gave you and so and so time. He said, God did not speak to me. I was speaking from my own desires. I said to everybody, I said, was that not what I told you people? That man will live very long. No, it's not like an eye. God will bless him. God has forgiven him. God has corrected him. Because he came and said, I spoke according to what was in my heart. He said, when I said Oshibajo will take over, it was what I wanted to see. I told, yeah, yes. I told everybody before. I said, the man wants to happen. It will not happen. Leave that thing. Sometimes people start in the spirit. The prophecy, prophecy, prophecy is five minutes, but God stopped talking at two minutes, 45 seconds. <laughs> two minutes, 45 seconds, God stopped talking. They are still going, ah, ah. and the spirit of God said, spirit of God said, now, wow. I don't see for this earth, Sha. <laughs> the Lord is good. Listen, what am I saying all of these things? All right, I'm trying to get us to understand something. When I hear some of those things, why is it that I just reject them? It's not out of arrogance or I don't like to be told prophetic words. It's actually because Jeremiah said it in that chapter 23. He said, he that has my word. Once you have the word of God with understanding, there are things you just hear and know that this does not tie with the word. It doesn't tie with the word. People tell me that they, 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 they dreamt, they slept and they dreamt. And they had a vision and they went to hellfire and they saw women there, or they saw Michael Jackson. What was he doing? Because in hellfire, he was doing breakdowns. <laughs> he was doing backsliding. I said, Michael Jackson is dancing in hellfire. You're not serious. Nobody dances there. Nobody. Even demons don't dance there. They, well, this is the strength. Dance, go. 
He said they saw women. Why? That the women, like, see this new hair your wife just did now. Hair fire hair. <laughs> That's what they said. I said, eh, you want to send this room to hair fire because of this? I said, okay, what about the men who are kidnapping, who are shooting people, who are doing fake miracles? Where are the men? They said, they have gone to heaven. I just look at those girls that narrated those visions. I said, yeah, just thank God I'm not God. Because I would have sent you to hell now as you're talking that nonsense. As you're talking this nonsense, I would have sent you to hell. Because as a matter of fact, you are lying. As a matter of fact, you are lying. You are speaking against God. Jesus has told us the reasons why he sends people to hell. It doesn't have anything to do with the, whether they put attachment in their hair. You don't like attachment. Why call it vision? Just like one woman said, what does of you bought football for your children? No heaven for you. How many of you are watching football here? If you watch the FA Cup final, put up your hand, no heaven for you. I'm sorry to say, people don't know that that woman has a mental problem. Some will say, Pastor Parker has come again. See, there are many people I see. I said, you know, many of you don't know. Let me tell you something about myself. I went to the University of Berlin, where psychiatry for us is a full course. You do psychology, you do psychiatry, you take exams, you talk to patients, they examine you, you do short case, long case. You read a whole fat textbook on psychiatry. That was the medical school I went to. Most medical schools don't do that. It was a full course, full. I did it for months. And took exam. So I see one. I won't mention one particular Nigerian. Some of you who have talked to you know who I'm talking about. He's currently in detention. I heard the guy talk once. This guy has a mental problem. I heard him talk once. I said this guy has hypomania. That's what's pushing him under pressure. Some things he's doing. Yo, you don't know. A man who's borderline sick. They end up getting a messiah complex. No, we, we, let, we let all of those things in school. We let. When I heard that woman talk, I told him, I said, this woman is not okay. When he was, she was describing how they go into the realm of the spirit, and they go there, and they fly cocaine using witchcraft to Nigeria. <laughs> I said... of these prophets people are falling up and down. They are not okay. You know how you know the ones are really not okay? Just check the way they combine their suit. Once you see a prophet with red jacket, green shoes. <laughs> if you enter a church, the prophet shows up. The jacket is yellow, bright yellow. The trouser is green. The shoe is red. And he has a big necklace. Anything he says God says to him is called hallucination. The guy is not okay. I'm telling you. As you grow in life, you know how to... Just physically, just this person is not okay. But that guy, I went to the mall. Were you with me? One of these kids. I just saw one guy. Two guys walked in. One of them was holding a teddy bear. I said, that guy is gay. Two guys walked in. One of them holding a teddy. Men don't hold teddies. I just looked to my children and said, 
That guy is homosexual. Two of them. See, an adult man does not clutch a teddy. Lie. <laughs> if you clutch a teddy, you have a familiar spirit. Sorry, you have an unclean spirit. Adult man. Adult boys, sorry, big boys don't even clutch it. You know, boys, if you tell your son at the age of five, carry teddy. The way he will look at you up and down. <laughs> Mommy, are you talking to me or my younger sister? What boys want to do is hold, help you hold your car keys. Carry the hammer in the house to fall into the mob in case. <laughs> no, these are the little things about life. You know, some people who are following, I just look and say, ah, all of them, they follow Chris person, I don't know. And they say, yeah, 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 yeah. I say, yeah, this guy will lead everybody, you know, into what do you call, you know, um, uh, the pigs that are demon possessed. You know what happened to them? Into water. People are going to drown following these people. I look at this one. I just shake my head. Say, my God. You're following crazy people. They're all over the country. I've warned you now. You have to different ways to know different prophets. Want to know the one that's not okay. I've just told you the color combination now. Now, by the way, if you see a woman dressed like that, it's okay. Don't go and say, Pastor Van say you're not normal. That is how women dress. If you see a woman wearing black, 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 she get a problem. <laughs> no, no, no. We, 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 women just go with a black, 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 black. Everything just match like that. They got to scatter things a bit now. When, when a woman finishes dressing like that, she just say, no. My husband, give me that red belt. He has to just put the red somewhere. It is a color code for this thing. It's a funeral. Everybody come in black. When they finish looking at the mirror like this, no, they'll look for one rose and put it here. Everything is still black, but they got to lighten up the atmosphere a bit. But if you see a man dressed when he put, put rose for him, beer, beer. <laughs> Just know that things are rough. <laughs> Jokes apart, that effeminate spirit has spread to many places on this earth now. Yeah. It's an effeminate, it's, a, it's an evil spirit. It's, a, it's called an unclean spirit. It's catching men everywhere now. Sounds little by little. That's why men come out, they're very bold to put two earrings there. It's a little dose of it. They don't decrease. Small, 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 small. Put two earrings. Small, small. And see, so you color your hair like this. Small, small. As you look like they just say, then the spirit will say, that guy is ready. Who will enter? The spirit, they prepare people. They will prepare you for, for possession. Don't be copied. See, just by the way, young people, a lot of people you see on television, on social media, they are not normal. Don't copy them. When you finish copying them, the spirit will say you are ready. They will come and put that inside you too. That's why you don't have a choice but go to church where the truth can be told to you. Oh, how did I get into all of these things? I started by saying that Christians, we can't afford, and that's the main thing I wanted to teach today, but we have said so many things. We can't afford to walk in darkness. We can't afford to walk in ignorance. A lot of Christians, they are prophesying, but their spirits are empty, devoid of understanding. A lot of people are praying, but they are empty. Their hearts have no knowledge. So even though God wants to bless them, Listen to my words. He can't. And that's what I'm trying to emphasize. Even though God wants to bless, he cannot. The people are too full of ignorance. They are too empty of knowledge. They literally are full of darkness. 
even though God says your warfare has ended. But he said, how am I going to come with the glory of God to make it manifest? He now said, no, tell them, prophesy to them. They have to lift up the valleys and bring down the mountains. They must make for the Lord an express road in the wilderness. So that is when the glory of God will be revealed. He said, tell them, all flesh is grass. All their own efforts will fail. They will fail. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of God blows upon it, what does that tell you? Initially, they will appear to have succeeded in their own efforts. But the day has been appointed when God will test that which is real and that which is fake. He will blow upon it. That's why I said you must pray before you make any important decision concerning your life, especially when it comes to solving a problem. You don't want to use human effort. You don't want to use it. Please, let me just advise parents a bit. Well, maybe I'm talking from experience. I hope it's the part of my message. Don't train your children any other way but the way of righteousness. You will set up your children for long-term failure if you don't tell them that the only way to pass is to study and pray. I hope you're getting my point. I don't, because I'm saying because of experience, I talk to my wife, talk to other you know, people who are in education and all of that, and I feel very terrible. I tell my wife, I said, look, take pride in one thing. You can beat your chest anywhere. No matter how bad the result a child takes away from you, you can tell them he worked for it. It's going to compete with those who didn't work for their own. Don't worry about it. Life will sort them out later. Time is coming when the breath of God will blow on every chaff. So don't worry about it. Please, oh, don't, parents, don't raise your children. Think if they cheat, flog them well. Including the household. If you tell this person, clean, wash this place. He tells the brother to wash it. There's no problem with that. That's have you washed it? He said, yes. You did? Yes. When? When uh, he didn't tell you, I told my brother to do it. Turn him bomb bomb there. Take him bomb bomb, wipe that place clean. Are you getting my point? Yes, use the bomb bomb to wipe the place clean. You know what I'm trying to say? You flog him well. Go and put death there. Let him start from square one. What if you told that, look, I was busy, so I begged my brother to help me? It's okay. Let, look, they must learn righteousness. Because one day the breath of God is coming and it is going to blow. What am I going to say? So God said, I've delivered you. But if you are going to experience the deliverance, you must elevate the valley and bring down the mountains. Let me try and end. I know I said I'm not going to be speaking for too long. All right? Where I'm going is this. A lot of problems we have in this life is not because God has not answered our prayers. But we have not yet learned the right things to do. Satan does not, I was telling one man preached the other day, said, you know, there's a bloodline, the things are in your lineage. I said, leave your lineage out. Just check the bad habits that are there, if you're not doing them. 
they start tracing things. And that uh, this one had a concubine. This one had a second wife. This, that's why Solomon had 10,000 wives. There is no family on this earth that they didn't have concubines and second wives. Except they believed in God, especially. That's not the reason why you should go mad. Because your father has six wives. It's not the reason why there will be a curse in your life. But if you now take your hand into the iniquities of the ancestors, then you automatically download a fresh set of problems into your life. And a lot of us Christians, we don't know what is right to do. And sometimes when we know them, you know the problem? We, Satan gives us excuses on why we shouldn't do them. Now every excuse Satan gives you to continue in doing that which is wrong is his method of holding you in bondage. Because he doesn't have the kind of power people think he has. His method for holding you in bondage is to teach you what is wrong to do. That's all. And he will find you excuse for doing it. You know, if you don't do it like this, you know you won't have money. And school fees, this is school fees week. And if you don't pay the school fees, there will be problems. So you will use all the excuses to do that which is wrong. And you will get the result. Except that Satan has now managed to hold you and your descendants in bondage. And if you continue like that for another generation. That is why time will not allow us to read it now. In Psalm 119. He said you have ordained your precepts. That we should keep them diligently. That we should keep them diligently. Please let me try and round off you know, in what I'm saying today. Just to get to the main point I've been trying to get to. We're just gist anyway. the first day of the year. So allow me to just gist. What I want to say this year, please, eh? people like to pray. People are not changed because they pray, though. Their, their situations change because they changed. Did you hear what I say? You have to change the way you think. You have to change what you believe. You have to change the truths you hold on to dearly. And the ones that are true, you have to hold on to them dearly. I hope you're getting my point. What makes you different? We'll talk about it again. What makes you different from the beasts of the field? What makes you different from the birds of the air is the wisdom that God has given you. Did you hear what I said? I need to go over that again. What makes you different from the beasts of the field? What makes, okay, let me put it this way. What makes the human being different from the beasts of the field and the breasts of the air, according to Elihu, it is the wisdom that God has given. Now, this is the fine-tuning of it. What makes a child of God who has been delivered different from the unbeliever that has not yet been delivered is the wisdom that God gives to him to walk by that the unbeliever does not have. Let me say this to you. Many of those wisdoms, can I use that English? Yeah. <laughs> so many of those wisdoms, hmm? let me use that expression. They will appear foolish to the world. I won't discuss the details now because of time. But just bear this in mind. The change, what will make your life different from that of the unbeliever to show that you're a delivered person is the wisdom you walk by. Which oftentimes will be foolish. When it's time to marry, making a choice of who you will marry, the criteria you will use must be the wisdom of God which 
we look stupid to anyone who's walking by the wisdom of the world. When you want to take a job, the criteria you will use must be what is called the wisdom of God, which will look stupid to anyone who is operating by the wisdom of the world. When you want to choose the nation or country you will live in, it must be by the wisdom of God, which will look stupid to the person who is walking by the wisdom of the world. I hope you are getting my point. When you want to spend your money, it must be by the wisdom of God. Many of these people who come to church will quote, it's wisdom of the world. Very good example. Save up this amount. As you are saving, your future will be secure. Jesus said, that is one thing you shouldn't even think of doing. The wisdom of God will make you look foolish to the world. And I want to say, the problem that God has on earth today is not having enough of his children who will commit their lives to the wisdom he has given them. To say to him, even if this will kill us, we will do it. Did you hear what I'm going to say? I need to say that again. God's problem right now is that he, I can say that for sure. That he comes to the church and he says, Banky, come follow me. You are going to stand here and I am going to go around this church. How many are there in this church? I said, Lord, they are big. They are like 50,000. Say, good. Let us count how many people are walking by my wisdom when they are making choices in their lives. And then tell the angel, just mark them for me. The angel will go to and fro. Go to and fro and come back, mark three people in the church of 50,000. And one thing that one person that will be conspicuously not marked is the pastor and his wife and the head deacon and the guy leading praise worship who is rolling on the ground. Sorry, please don't be angry with me. I hope you get my point. I hope you're not angry when I talk like this. I've been a Christian for a long time. I was in throughout my stay in, on campus, eh, in a church with a go. I now followed them go party one day. Not one day, not one molten day like this. I don't I didn't know where they used to smoke on campus. It's my friends that used to go and preach there that I knew the place. The point I'm making is so those days in school I saw all kinds of things. I found people who roll on the floor. Eh? In worship. They can't obey God in simple things. Those who spoke in tongues from now to tomorrow, and prophesy. When they want to make choices in life, they say, No, no, no. Say Bible says, ah, no, no, let's be practical with this life. Oh. That's what they tell you. That's why I told my wife, see, spiritual people, they didn't impress me. She has never seen me impressed by spiritual people. If I see you and you're doing, hey, shalaba, hey, kele, baby, I'm looking at you like this. I can assure you I don't like you. <laughs> you. You will need time to prove to me that you're a normal, good person. Because I have found that those shabalabalabalabala people, they often are very dishonest. They don't love God. Remember your friend when I said I went for his wedding? On his wedding day, he was, he was in the spirit on his wedding day. <laughs> Listen, you cannot be in the spirit on your wedding day. Why should you, you make his debride? What is wrong with you? You make kiss the bride, is kiss the bride. Remove the veil and Kiss the bride. I kiss you right now. Kate was sold the total bash attire. Nonsense. At the end of the day, when I heard the gist of the guy, I told my wife, was that not what I told that all these people, what did they do over spiritual? 
Then you do that spiritual. Very fake inside out. Where am I going? That's why the angel will enter church. Mark those who are obeying God. The person who's ruling and worshiping is not obeying him. That man who I was telling you about, he said something which interested me. I said something on Tuesday. Was it Tuesday I said it? That God cannot, that I don't think up to 10% of prominent preachers in our nation has not forgotten God. You know what he said? That man who I was talking about you know, earlier. He said that those days, he used to hang around when Maurice Serulo came to Nigeria. And that he was a young man hanging around a big man. And he heard the things they said behind. You know, sometimes when I talk, when I see some of these things, and I tell my wife, this is thing you've been hearing me say. That the problem of Nigeria is the Christians. That the prominent preachers of Nigeria don't believe in Nigeria. They don't. Where I'm going is, I see, a lot of preachers, they just use, they, they are just here because this is where it is sweet. They will abuse Nigeria every day, but they use the offering from here to sustain family abroad. When this man said it, he said he realized what the men were seeing behind was not what you were seeing outside. Now, they are there doing committee to, bring, to do massive crusade in Nigeria. And doing training for, I, was, I remember those in the training for M time harvest. They had no faith in God for the land of the harvest. So when I say to you what I'm saying, I'm not lying. That the angel will enter and say, these people are not obeying me. He will go to a church of 50,000. I will not be able to count five. And they are dancing in the Lord and are giving offerings. And we are wondering why the power of God is not manifested. But this is what God is saying to me. Let me let, 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 let's close here. And that this year, I want to give you the charge of the Spirit. What will distinguish you is walking by divine wisdom. You hear what I said? You will make choices, they will not be popular. Sometimes I look at my life, I say, God, I hope these things are pleasing to you. I say, but, Lord, they have to be. If they are not, correct them anyway. But it's because of you I made these choices. It may not be perfect, but correct where they are imperfect. You have to make choices that will make you look stupid, but not rash choices. They will be based on divine what? Wisdom. What are you to pursue this year? That's the charge. You know, it took so long to say it. <laughs> Plenty talk. This year is different from the previous years only because you've corrected yourself in many areas. That's the only thing. Like I said, your situation, your circumstances do not change just because you desire change, but because you inside you have changed. I said something to her last year that this is how grace works. Just changing what is your mind has already activated grace. For example, just redefining what you call success has activated grace. Just redefining how success comes activates grace. Before we even talk about pursuing it. Because the pursuit is a result of what is inside the heart. I hope you get my point. What am I saying this year? No laziness in your life. God has words for every aspect of your life. Now listen, in Christ Jesus you have been delivered already. What we are talking about now is activating that deliverance through a change of what? 
knowledge and practice. I hope you get my point. Let me say it again. In Christ Jesus, you have been delivered already. Amen. You know, sometimes people have prayed for prosperity. God said, do you know why I have not brought it? I cannot bring it the old way. I don't know whether I get my point. What do I mean? Your mind is still stuck on the old way. I can bless people a bit, but that will give you tenfold blessing. But you prayed for a hundredfold blessing. Is that not what you prayed for? And you say yes. You don't know you are talking, but in the spirit, that's what you said. Because for that reason, I have to align you for a hundredfold blessing. That's for somebody. The specific details, I don't understand. So, some of us, we've been badging and badging and badging at this particular spot. It's not breaking. They say, sow seed. You don't sow seed. Do this one. You don't. Because what you don't understand is that I'm not going that way. Let's read the scripture and I'll end with that one. That's why he said, that which I see not what? Teach thou me. That's what I want us to read. Quickly, Job, chapter 34. And that's what we're going to pray as soon as we read that, Job chapter 34. Now, we're going to read it from verse, um, sorry. Yeah, verse 31. He said, for has anyone said to God, I have born chastisement, I will not offend anymore. Teach me what I do not see. If I have done iniquity, I will not do it again. Now notice that. What do we need to go to God? said, I have borne chastisement. Things have not worked the way I felt they should work. I will not offend therefore anymore. Now why won't I offend anymore? It is simple. Teach me what I do not see. So that if I have been walking in iniquity, I will not do it again. What does that tell you? Sometimes you are walking in iniquity and you don't know. Yeah. God never blesses disobedience. He never blesses unrighteousness. When he wants to give you a hundredfold blessing, what he does is give you a hundredfold correction. You hear what I said? No matter how much God loves David or Solomon, no matter the promises he gave to them, they never could enjoy marriage. There was no magic. It wasn't possible. There was no, God could not help David enjoy marriage. It wasn't possible. Because the thing that makes for a solid marriage, you undermine he wants to marry that second wife. I hope you're getting my point. He had had undermined it. See, you have to understand, God is not angry like, David, you know your second wife. You broke my heart. (laughs) Once he picked second wife, third wife, like we said, you know how many wives David had? He didn't count it for us, but my conservative estimate would be like 30 or 50. Before the man became full king in Israel, he already had six sons, born by six different women. Now only boys they born for Israel. What does that tell you? Twelve girls were pregnant, side by side. By the principle of statistics, it's simple. And the guy never reached you. These are the ones born at Hebron. He never read Jerusalem. <laughs> he never read Jerusalem. Okay, if you marry that number of girls in Hebron, when you read Jerusalem, what do you go and do? Where do you think Solomon learned it from? Solomon, look left, look right. Whatever my father did, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. The boy, like one of my classmates posted a joke. He said, this one's a big cook. This one's a big dress. This, this, this one's a big grit. He said, now so Solomon do reach number 700. 
But where I'm going with the whole story is that no matter how much God loved them, what you and I are enjoying today, what we call marriage, Solomon did not understand it. He didn't. He did not. Not because anybody was angry with him, but because he was working in what the Bible calls iniquity. He didn't plan to be a sinner. We've talked about marriage, we have laughed. There are many other areas of life where we are behaving like David and training our children to become like Solomon. For that reason, in that area, we will not get a hundredfold blessing. So what is the assignment for the year? Say this year, no ignorance, no foolishness. What did I say? No ignorance, no say it again. No ignorance, no say this year, no ignorance, no foolishness. One more time. This year, no ignorance, no foolishness. You will pursue the knowledge of God aggressively. That's it. It's important. You will spend your money, you will spend your time. If you have to pace up and down while you're listening to the message in the house, pace up and down. Please, I don't want rubbish prayer this year. Go and gather. Anywhere you want to gather to pray, they don't read scripture before every prayer. Don't go there next time. Let's begin to pray. Now we're going to bring, begin to pray. The power of God will come down. Say, oh, guys, guys, guys. For you to pray down, give me scriptures. Read the scriptures. Then you can groan on them. If you grow without scripture, you are growing empty groaning. I hope you know there's empty, there's clanging simba. There's empty groan. There's barking like bingo. Some people are praying this. God says, look, you're just barking. Don't do that this year. This year you must be a man, a woman of understanding, a woman of knowledge. Why I told some of those stories, so you understand, this is, it's just from gathering, just experience with the word of God. It's why I could tell a man, Credible prophet, I said to my people, this man, God didn't speak to him on this matter. And the man came about a year later and apologized. And said, on this matter, this matter, this matter, God did not speak to me. I thought he did, but I think my flesh was overreacting. And I turned to people around me and said, did I not tell you that time? Put down your heads and say, Lord, this year, I am going to fight ignorance. And I am going to fight, you know, foolishness. This year, I'm fighting ignorance. And I'm fighting foolishness. All right, the Lord is good. Let's rise to our feet and close the meeting for the day. For you, it's a year of what? Peace and fruitfulness. Turn to your neighbor, bless the person. It's your year. Turn to another person. Another person. Another person. Say to yourself, it's my year of peace and fruitfulness. Father God, we give you thanks for this meeting this morning. Thank you for starting us on a high note this year. Lord, this year, we will not go through this year with any disability, with any sickness, with any confusion. See, I may say that God judges and he causes problems for people, but I also emphasize all the time. It's not his will. He just wants people to stop being disobedient. He just wants you to stop being disobedient. This year, no disobedience in your life. Please, I beg anyone listening to me. If God brings a word of correction, listen to it. Because the reason why we're still on one spot is that we have refused to be corrected. If you're finding it hard to receive correction from the word, go and pray. Until God gives the ability, it softens your heart to be able to accept it. If the word of God has come to you, 
you must align your life with it. And the way to do it is just let it enter. Sometimes you have, thank God for technology. You go and listen to it again and again with prayer until it enters. But once God has achieved that change inside you, that affliction will come to an end. Can I again say something? I've been listening to the message for some time now. He said healing, you'll be surprised he's the one saying it. He said healing for Christians in the New Testament is conditional. Many people will not believe that Kenegin said that. It's so hard for some of us to believe that a man like preaching faith, we thought that, no, no, just declare, declare. He said it is conditional. It's conditional or, conditional or dependent upon you aligning with God. And that's what I intend to teach aligning with God. You need to align so that God can remove every affliction out of your life. That which you do not see, the Lord will reveal to you this year. Not later, this month. Not next week, this week. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, because you are an obedient child, I take the authority of God and I speak against affliction in your life. Disappear in Jesus' name. Be healed in the name of Jesus. You know, this woman, Sarah Seidner, some of you must have seen the video. She's flying around now. She's diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer. So she said, for the love of God, go for mammogram every year. I said, nonsense. That is not what will save you. I feel sorry for her. She's meant well. She's trying to advise us properly, medically. But for those of us who have believed, for the love of God, pay attention to the word of God. And obeyed in every ramification. Don't make excuses for disobedience. Don't postpone obeying God in your life. Please, obeying the Lord is not till when it is convenient. <laughs> there are people that they want to marry you, but they are waiting for the man to hammer first. God said, I will give him to another. The man don't pursue you for the last 18 months now. You like him, but you don't do wait. He said, there's this business he's doing, he wanted to hammer. My wife said something yesterday, <laughs> we were talking in the house. He said, the man you are going to marry is not planning to change. Better get used to that idea. If you don't like him the way he is, leave him like that. I'm not saying he won't prosper, but don't say that. Let him make him money first before I marry him. Because I'll give him to somebody else. And there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Maybe I've scared somebody. This life is not your own. You have to obey God. Those you, I beg God, I'm not preaching, I'm praying. All you men that are looking for women that don't have responsibility, God will give you Jezebel. Our father was rich. I hope you're getting my point. Whatever you have to do in, love, in, in, life, in life, trust God. And this, we operate on the basis of love. The woman with responsibility is the one you should want to help carry. You want her to down that weight. Look at you. Ahab. <laughs> Obeying God is not when it's convenient. This year, the spirit of obedience will come upon you. Amen. The spirit of the love of God, willing to sacrifice yourself for God and the brethren, it will come upon you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I feel like saying it again. Don't wait till it's convenient to do what God wants you to do. Some of you, maybe they are, you're, you're, you wanted to honor your father, your mother, whatever. You are waiting till you change, get, get a new job. Because I ain't giving you a new job until you sacrifice. What are you doing with an expensive phone? 
Where you are now, do what you are supposed to do. Where you are now, do what you are supposed to do. This for you is a year of obedience. Again, let me go back to where I began all of this talk. No affliction will stay with you this year. I lift up the word and authority of God over you. Poverty, lack, will banish it from your life in the name of Jesus. God will make all grace abound towards you. You will have all sufficiency in all things. And you will abound to every good work. There's a scripture which I want to activate. It says you will live in houses you did not build. Now listen to this. You will will live in a house. You may be paying rent. eh? But when people hear what you are paying, they say, for this size, the Lord will do it for you. You You don't need more money. You need more favor. Receive favor in Jesus' name. Receive favor in the name of Jesus. God will make grace abound towards you. You will have all sufficiency in all things. And you will abound to every good work. I command that womb to open and receive conception. In the name of Jesus. Children, they are a gift from God. They are not a result of fertility. They are a gift from God. Just stretch forth your hand at maybe tonight and say, Lord, give me this gift. And it will give you more than you ask for. If you ask for three, you are going to get four. No, don't because of that, go and reduce to two. God heard you last week. You remember that? You know what you are saying. So we say, you have been blessed with an extra one. It will come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You will deliver twins. In Jesus' name. I command that eye to see clearly. I command the kidneys to work properly. I rebuke diabetes in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. You may not have ever gone for a checkup. They say that's why you are sick. It's not true. Listen to me today. Checkup or no checkup. I banish every tumor out of your life. Let the healing power of God surround you on every side. In the name of Jesus Christ. Everything you have done wrong in the past, because you have now believed and you are serving the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be no effect in your life going forward. In the name of Jesus Christ. People say, you know, uh, God can forgive you, but the consequence is not true. With forgiveness goes the wiping away of consequence. Every consequence is wiped out of your life. You are going to live 2024 in freedom. Freedom from affliction. Freedom from divine judgment. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you praise. Again, by the word of the Lord, I surround you with divine protection. The dark places of the earth may be filled, the Bible says, with the habitations of cruelty. But the rod of the wicked will not rest upon the lot of the righteous. Amen. Kidnappers will not catch you Amen. or your loved ones. Amen. There was one man of God in Onicha here. I don't know what the issue he had. So they sent assassins after him. He was walking up by himself. And we make a long story short. There were four men in the car. I forgot the exact number. They drove themselves under a park truck while he was watching. They didn't touch anybody. They drove themselves under a packed truck and perished there. Anyone who wants to kidnap you will kidnap himself. He will remove the blindfold and find his younger brother. In the name of Jesus Christ. 
His arrow will pierce his own heart. In the name of Jesus Christ. For you, you will dwell in safety. You will dwell in a land of green and new wine. And the heaven over you will drop down dew. In the name of Jesus Christ. It is well with you when you go out. And it is well with you when you come back. And it is well with you when you stay at home. You remember the, 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 the chariots of fire that surrounded Elisha? That surrounded Elisha on the mountain. So are you surrounded in the name of Jesus. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so does the Lord surround his people. The angel of the Lord is encamping around you. Some of you will see him. Yes, some of you will see. You know what? When you see, go and testify. Now, the reason is this. Because you are going to boost the faith of other people. That's why you need to give the testimony. Not because God was not going to protect you without you seeing the angel, but because he wants to use you to boost the faith of other people. Your faith is boosted in Jesus' name. Amen. Your faith is boosted in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's share the grace in fellowship. And we are passed into life. We are passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We are passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you bless the people around you again? Tell the this is your year. Of peace and fruitfulness. The last one for yourself. This is my season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God. And also, it's my year of peace and fruitfulness. All right, cheer up, brethren. God bless you.